Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 54th episode of the Tuesday Night Podcast. I'm your host, SBJ, and with me today, I have Alan. Hey, hey, it's me. Random fact number five. I'm five foot eight. True. I'm also five foot eight. I'm not a huge fan of five foot eight. I know I don't have room to complain, and that's kind of my complaint against it because I'm not average height, below average height. But I'm not short enough to complain about it or have natural attitude and definitely not tall enough to have natural confidence. Anyway, but whatever. I'm fine with it now. We have another. <laughs> Still no Sean. Still no Sean. Yeah. Let me put that out there. So because there's no Sean, we have Hunter with us. Hunter Shelburne. Shelburne? Shelbourne? Shelburne. You got it right, actually. Right. Most people get it wrong. I'm six foot three. Uh, so, you know, for, son of a gun. Yeah, I know. It's it's pretty much the privilege of six foot three. That's my privilege. <laughs> Fantastic. So this is a podcast about board games, tabletop games, role playing games, games you play on or under your table. Glad we are all here together. Uh, fun fact about me is I actually know Hunter outside of the podcast. I know a lot of these guests or people that Alan brings on. I've I've I know them internet-wise, but I've never met them or known them from afar. But uh, Hunter and I, we did a podcast together two years ago. We were both on the board with Life Show. Yep. And uh, we bonded over Pokemon. Yes, I love Pokemon. That's uh, that's one of my favorite uh, games in general, and you tend to be the king of that, so (laughs) it helps. And uh, yeah, and then last year, no, not last year, this past Gen Con. Last yeah, like two months ago, uh, we played. What's that game called? Captain, Captain Sonar. Sonar. We played yeah. Captain Sonar with the shut up and sit down guys. Yeah, I was there too for that original podcast. Yes. I just wanted to talk about me a little bit. Done. Continue. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, so yeah, here we all are to- here to talk about board games. It's like a good old family reunion. Yeah, yeah. We can. We let's put the spotlight on you right away. You uh, Hunter work at Steve Jackson Games. Yes, yes, I'm the community manager there. I do like all the tweets and the Facebooks and the Instagrams and a lot more that I didn't think I was going to be doing, and I do that too. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of fun. I I, I pretty much get paid to do what I was already doing. Uh, turns out, <laughs> social media is actually a real job, and it's harder than than people think it is. Do you have to go into the office for that, or do you do it from home? I am I'm an office guy. Actually, that's one of the reasons I got the job. They were looking for people in the Austin area. So Steve Jackson Games is an Austin-based company, and they needed somebody that was savvy at board games and also did social media. They saw my – I actually got to use my Twitter, my YouTube, my Facebook, all my stuff on my resume. Like, that's what I – they, they found me. I didn't find them. So that was pretty cool. That is cool. Nice. Does – Going into the office, do you have to go into the office, though? I feel like you could technically do everything at home. I could, but I actually kind of like going to the office. I've always been one of the... I used to do a job where I could work at home or work from the office, and I worked at home for like a year and a half or so, and I kind of get zoned out at home. I, like, I'll, I'll get a decent amount done, but I just tend to... I don't know, like, I, I need that human interaction, I think, is the thing. And that I think with this job, it's been kind of nice... Uh, I go into the office. I can do my charity stuff whenever I, I do. I'll handle like donations to charities and things like that. So I can like physically go in the warehouse and be like, what do we have in here? And 
pull stuff off a shelf or if I do a contest, I can be like, oh, well, here's pictures of my stuff in this office. I can also get pictures in the office of like, like today I got to go see Steve uh, playing uh, the new uh, new version of Car Wars. He's like playtesting it. So he's like wearing a Car Wars shirt and playing Car Wars. I'm like, I got to get a picture of this. This is, this is what my job is. You go into the warehouse and you go, who can we send a copy of Munchkin to to ruin their day? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know what? It's actually, we send a lot of Castellan. Uh, that game to get sent a lot of places because we have a boatload of it. But uh, it's actually a really good game. <laughs> I actually got in the warehouse and I'm like, man, I want this collection because Steve keeps his board game collection out there. And it's just, it's massive. And he has a Lego room that's just, that's just Legos. And I can't go in there. He won't let anybody in there. <laughs> Wait, that's his, that's his uh, solitaire? That's just him? It's it like part of it is, yeah, like he's he let some people in, but I haven't been one of those people yet. So I'm a big Lego fan, too. So I want to get in there one day. That's, that's kind of cool from the aspect of like, I know this room exists and one day I may be worthy enough to go into it. it really what are the is. chances that this is just a joke that they're playing on you? Have you actually seen into I've it? Seen, but just I've haven't seen glimpses. It? Someone had the door open. They were closing it and I caught an edge of something. It's like a weird like it's like the warehouse at the end of Indiana Jones. It's like I, I know there's something there. It's handled by top men. I need to get in there. But you saw Legos or just the corner of something? Because I just want to make sure you know for a fact that this is legit. And he's not just showing you pictures of Denmark or the Legos headquarters is or something like that. <laughs> I saw I saw enough, man. There were shadows. There may have been bricks. It may have been mega blocks. Who knows? It's I can't I wasn't close enough to confirm. It was like the Sasquatch of Lego rooms. The twist is it's only Mega Blocks and it's actually not any Legos. <laughs> this is my room. It's just bricks, like actual bricks left over <laughs> from construction. And he just calls it his Lego room. Oh man. Hunter, before before working at Steve Jackson Games, you said you were doing other stuff in the game industry, which kind of just led into that transition. What were you doing prior to that? Uh, well, so game-wise, it was mainly just me and my YouTube channel. I did uh, like board game reviews, stuff like that, thrift pickup videos and things of that nature. Uh, that was my main, like, I did a social media for that. I had my own Twitter account. That's kind of, it's, it's all become my personal stuff now, but that's pretty much what I did. I just, I went to like cons promoting that. I made, you know, I did the whole nine yards, business cards, all that good stuff. Uh, and that just kind of got me into this. Like I, that's actually made me the connections that got me the job here pretty much. So it's, it kind of led to me having this job in in a way, in an, in a real way. Right. <laughs> but, right. Uh, yeah. I do. I did that kind of stuff. I did uh, some charity stuff. We do extra life every year. Me and my group, we do like live streams on Twitch, uh, 24 hour live streams actually coming up really soon at uh, November 4th and 5th. We'll be doing another one this year uh so we're really excited about that is that an official uh date for that are a lot of people doing it at that same date i'm always confused that's so the the official extra life thing is november 5th some people do it on different days like last year we had to just do the schedule conflicts do it the week before uh that worked out too actually pretty well uh we're doing it on the official day this year just to do it on the official day and uh sometimes the times are a little bit different like most people do it from 8 a.m to 8 a.m the next day so like 8 a.m saturday to 8 a.m Sunday. We're doing it 8 p.m. on Friday to 8 p.m. on Saturday just because the times work out for everybody. 
but yeah, that tends to be like the official weekend. You can do it at different times on that weekend, but that's like the weekend to do it for the most part. And there'll be a lot of streams and stuff happening around that time. Uh, you know, all the, all the Twitch streams and uh, sometimes people do it on like YouTube uh, live and stuff like that. Hunter, Hunter, I got to tell you something really fascinating about SBJ and it has to do with his opinion. Of... Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love it. No, this is one of the reasons that I love SBJs because you're so willing to share these and I can guarantee you're not alone because it's not some asinine opinion that you have. There's good reason. It does make me sound like it. a jerk. And well, I, I, I think other people don't want to voice that because they don't want to sound like a jerk. Oh, yeah. Edit this out, SBJ. But the cool thing about SBJ is he supports his friends. And wait, what do I want? To, what's a good edit block that you could just leak this into? <laughs> Hunter, the cool thing about SBJ is he allows guests to come on a show. Now I can do better than this. I can do better than this. The cool <laughs> thing about SBJ is I love him and I wish I could play Extra Life with him. That's what I wish. I wish... I wish we could do some tabletopia or something in, like in that. In all seriousness, you can, you can share my opinion with people if you want. No, it makes sense. In fact, you kind of sold me a little bit. But the idea, if I, and correct me if I'm wrong, because maybe I'm slaughtering your opinion, is that for the most part, it seems that it deludes the purpose of the charity when you're combining it with gaming. It's like, hey, it's an excuse to game. And by the way, we'll give some money to charity. But more importantly... Really, all I want you to do is subscribe to my Twitch channel. So it's like a shicey, backhanded way of doing it. I think it's the argument that there's, there's no selfless deed, that you can say that you're doing it for noble reasons, but in reality, are you just doing it for publicity? Does that sound fair? Yeah, I think Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. That's a pretty fair criticism, honestly. Uh, to, for us, originally, so like this is our fourth year doing it, for, for example, uh, with Extra Life. Uh, for me... We were, it was, it was me and my friends. We, we just happened to be getting together to game anyway. And we thought, well, this is just, we can just do the same thing we always do and raise money doing it. I'm, I'm sure there's a ton of people out there that do the, I'm hopefully not a ton, but I'm sure there are, I mean, law of averages. There's a good amount of people that go out there like, this is good publicity for us. Let's, you know, let's use this to get subscribers, whatever the case might be. Um, I specifically, I never like, I, but and this isn't like to say, oh, I'm so better than these people or whatever. But like for, <laughs> for us, it's like we've we've tw switched platforms doing it. It's mainly we just do it on whatever. Like right now, we're doing it on Twitch because we've had better luck with it. But we don't. We just do it on whatever platform streams best for us. We don't like ask people to subscribe. We aren't asking people to like uh, look. Like we do it because Twitch is the way we stream. Like if OBS just streamed to the internet and didn't ask for subscribers, I would do that instead. But I, I'm doing it via Twitch because I know how to use Twitch. And, you know, my friends and I would be doing it regardless. It just happens to be, hey, we can televise it, hopefully, or, you know, you, you know, internetize it and try to get some more people to, to donate. And, you know, uh, it's I understand the sentiment on that. It really it, it really is. It's not like I'm doing it because like I, I, I'm doing it because I want to help support kids. But. I would still be playing games anyway. It just so happens to be supporting kids in this way. Like I do. So why not? Why not? Right? Like, yeah, hey, I'm doing it anyway. Let's get some like, kids some money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm not like Gandhi or something. I'm not walking around like every day, like <laughs> like I'm donating to this charity and this charity and this charity. I'm like, this is a way that I can help out, even if it's just a little bit. I'm not like, there's not like an element of it that's as far as I know that doesn't go to charity. 
Like, there's nothing that goes to me for it, uh, and I'm not looking for, like, subscribers or anything like that. Personally, like I said, other people might be, and I'm sure that's out there. Uh, but, like, I, we do something similar around the end of the year for, uh, or at least not my channel, but um, a local group uh, called Blue Santa. It's like a, it's a cop-run thing, but they donate toys to uh, kids, like kids' hospital. Like, they directly donate toys to children. Uh, and we raise money for that at the local game stores doing that. Just, we play games and uh, like, I used to be more involved because we pl I played hero clicks a lot. Uh, like, Whoa, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I used to judge actually for it and we ran it and it would be like, it's a dice game cause you're rolling dice to attack with your guys and it would be a dollar reroll. You just pay a dollar to get a reroll for free. So people were paying out the butt to get it. We have really cool prizes for them and stuff. So uh, used to is dead, isn't it? Isn't hero clicks dead? It's not actually. I'll, I, I'm, not I don't yet. anymore, but it's uh, it actually just had kind of a not a rules revamp, but they changed the way the cards looked. Uh, they've uh, they've modified. They're releasing new characters and everything. Oh yeah, yeah. They just came out with a new set. Actually, they've got another. They have a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle set that just came out this Whoa. week, and a, that's a second Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle set. Actually, it's the, um, the yeah, the first one came out a few months ago. Wow. So, it's they, just that I, I haven't seen it in years, so I just assumed, oh, it's dead. But I guess that just shows my own point of view and my naivety. So, wow. Yeah, it depends on the store that's selling it. it it's, it's, I got out of it personally because I spent a lot more time on other minis games. Uh, but I made a lot of good friends with it. But like I said, that's like we raised a lot of money in that, in that one. We raised probably like 1500 bucks doing that last year. And then uh, my, the, my team's... Uh, Extra Life raised about three thousand dollars. We're like the eighth highest team for the Dell Children's Hospital in Austin, so we're pretty happy about that. Um, but like, like I, I, can, I get where Steve's come from as well. Like, it's it, it can definitely be used for just for like uh, getting subscribers stuff like that. Honestly, to me though, even in that situation, as long as something's going to charity, I really, I mean, I to me personally, I it's it's definitely crappy. I don't like dealing with people like that that's that seems slimy but you know i, I you know as long as it's going there's to some good in it right yeah, i can't i can't completely begrudge it it's not it's it's technically better than them just being regular sleazeball right. subscribers what's better a serial killer or a serial killer that donates <laughs> his victim's kidneys to organ transplant <laughs> right exactly the comparison i think that's the exact analogy well, you actually said, you guys, this is pretty interesting. You said you're no Gandhi. Do you guys, do you guys actually know the history of Gandhi? It's really upsetting if you actually Yeah, know. actually, I'm I, 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 uh, not an enormous uh, fan. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not sure if you SBJ, do you know about Gandhi's past? I don't think so. So he did a lot of good stuff, right? But that was later in his life. Apparently, total dickhead earlier in his life we're talking about abuse and molestation and all sorts of dark stuff but i remember when i found out tears but i'm totally off topic i apologize i digress uh hunter did you say uh sorry did you say which games you were going to play on stream or what games you were planning on playing i don't have an exact schedule we tried that last year where we had like a schedule set up uh and kind of went down the list we got about three hours in and then just went completely off the rails because I think somebody donated enough to, for me to eat one of those black whoppers and I just lost the crap out of everything. Like I was just done after that. But um, yeah, this, this guy <laughs> probably play some, some new stuff. Uh, I'll probably play the new Betrayal expansion for sure. Um, 
we'll have uh, I just got Quadropolis. I'll probably play that on stream. A lot of the stuff that pe- like that I like playing on stream are stuff that embarrasses me and my friends. So like lift it, uh, any dexterity games we can find that just like make us look terrible at games. Like uh, Ugg Tech is one of my favorite ones to play. Oh, nice Ugg Tech. Never, never played that game, but I played on stream because it's hilarious. Should we have? Should we have Hunter Elevator Pitch Ugg Tech? Oh man. Oh man, SBJ, when you suggest that someone should elevate our pitch, of course I'm going to jump all over it because this is amazing. So uh, that would be incredible. Okay. So, Ugg, have you, so yesterday, have you ever heard of UgTech at all? Yeah, yeah. I, I know it as the, the blow up uh, mallets or. Okay, cool, cool. Hammers. So, yeah, UgTech is a game where you essentially. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hunter, Hunter. I apologize for cutting you off. But we do elevator pitches in a very specific way on this podcast. This is the way that we punish our guests, basically. So you have exactly a minute. You're getting on an elevator. And when you're ready, you say, ding me, SBJ. But before that, you don't do the elevator pitch as Hunter Shelburne. No, you do it as a character that we come up with. So what are you thinking, SBJ? You have any thoughts? Uh, Isn't like the, wasn't like a caveman, the... Stereotypical pitch because the game yeah. is <laughs> yeah, but hunters hunters too smart for that. So here's what I'm gonna do, hunter. Okay. How about this? You are a caveman hunter, but you're like a few steps further along the evolution of cavemen, and you're frustrated with all the other idiot cavemen around. So like you actually have better language skills, you have better social skills, and you're just disgusted with your fellow people. Because you're you're ahead of the curve. You're the trendsetter, if you will, of the genetics. Does that make sense? I'm still going to talk a little bit like a caveman. You can't stop me. No, of course. Yeah, <laughs> you're not full contemporary freaking millennial. No, you're not that. You're just a, a grade above, if you will. I'm excited for this now. Oh, God. This is truly a punishment. Okay, so... <laughs> Say, ding me, SVJ, when you're ready. So take all the time you need. To prepare. Okay, ding me, SVJ. Me really upset about the game of tech. I think it perpetuates stereotype about me as a high, a high functioning caveman. I can get a job in the business world, but these guys think that I just hit people with mallet and say ugh and ugh. I'm an engineer, a real engineer, and this game is saying that all I can do is hit people in the head with a mallet and put on blocks. But I can build, I build towers every day and a bridge. I built a bridge yesterday. But Oak Tech, you just put blocks and blocks and you say ugh and duh and uh. I can't remember what they say. God. <laughs> You're doing great. No, keep it going. <laughs> I have a degree from Harvard. <laughs> it's losing it. For school. <laughs> We'll just ding you there. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, man. So if our, our listeners are still probably confused of what Ugg Tech yeah, is. I pitched the game. I, was, I made the character. I'm that's, sorry. No, it's okay. It's, no, you did. Yeah, it's great. It's, that's it's kind great. of the point. You cra- the more you crash and burn, the better. So thank you, sir. Uh, it is a dexterity game, um, but I don't know how to really explain it besides you, you hit people with these blow up hammers yes yeah i mean that's really what it is it's 
it's a dexterity game. The dexterity part isn't hard. It's not that it's difficult. It's it's a hidden information dexterity game where one person has access to what is being built, and the other people on your team don't. They don't get to see it. But the only way you can tell them how to build whatever simple construction it is is you have to hit them on the head and tell them like how to move the piece. Like you you use different weird syllables. Like there, it's uh, I can't I really can't remember what they are, but it's like they're different grunts to tell them. In, to like move something to the left or move something to the right. It's it's kind it's hilarious, honestly. It's just funny being the guy hitting someone on the head with a mallet. And you hate being the guy hit, getting hit in the head with a mallet. Like, it's just a lot of fun. One design flaw that they made was on these inflatable mallets, they have the spikes on them. So the problem is, and a lot of people complain, I'm not sure if you guys had this issue, is the spikes are great for actually scratching people and hitting them in the eye. So it... It becomes a legit weapon at that point. An annoying one. You're not going to kill anyone and sell their kidneys off as a serial <laughs> killer. But it's still a little bit of a safety hazard. And I was surprised that they put the little nubs on instead of just having these inflated balloons. Yeah, I, I know the same thing. And they, they're they easy to pop, obviously. What I found really odd is that it's a fantasy flight game. Like, at least the new edition, the newest edition has been a fantasy flight game. That's still a weird company to have that game. You know, fantasy flight... Uh, is actually proud of the fact that they come up with random games because typically when you think of fantasy flight you think high quality components poorly written rules sorry fantasy flight so a lot of errata but thick rule books and not party games but actually they started their company off of there's like a golf mania game that's totally random and off the wall and so occasionally come up with these really off the wall games and I've actually seen one of their videos at Eschenspiel, which is going on at this time of this recording. I was supposed to go another story for another day. But yeah, they say, oh, yeah, we make random off the wall games. And this is one of them. I guess so. It's, uh, I like it a lot, though. It's a lot of fun. It's good for streaming, for sure. Speaking of just streaming and just games, what kind of games do you like besides UGTech? What's, what's in your wheelhouse of this is what I want to get to the table, or this is what you currently are getting to the table? Man, uh, let's see. So I'm actually sitting next to most of my games lying on the floor, because I haven't actually... I've been unpacking my new place. Uh, let's see. So I, I have I like a lot of stuff. I like Euros, like, um, you know, thematic games. Recently, I play a ton of... Uh, uh, I got into board gaming via, like, Magic the Gathering. Uh, so, like, I come from a background of, like, competitive games and things like that, miniatures, tabletop stuff. So... Uh, right now I'm really into X-Wing. I've been in, I've been playing X-Wing since it came out. So I, I really dig that game a lot. Uh, I board game wise, I just got Seafall. I'm really wait. I can't wait to get that to the table, but that kind of a game, like legacy games, I've really gotten into like risk legacy, pandemic legacy. Uh, that's kind of a thing that I'm super into right now. Um, but I still like, like Euro games, things like that. So like Castles of Burgundy is one of my favorite Euro games. Uh, I like Fresco a lot. A lot of people don't bring that one up, but for some reason I really dig that game. Uh, I, I still like uh, super trashy games, I guess. Zombicide Black Plague, I've been playing a lot lately. Mansions of Madness, the new version, uh, second edition. I've been playing a lot of that. So How is it? Is it a lot better than the first edition? I, I never actually played the first edition, but it... It had the reason I didn't play the first edition is it had the same problem that I had with Descent, which was having the Overlord character and having to do all that setup and all the extra stuff that you have to put in to get it to to get the game going essentially. Uh, and the app just the app is great. I haven't they just did an update this week that I haven't had a chance to download yet, but just out of the 
box, the first uh, couple of scenarios on there. I just, I really like the way it works. Cause I was talking to friends of mine, like doing the same scenario, we would do a similar thing and it would trigger a completely different effect in the game. Like, uh, not to not to really spoil anything. It's it's the first scenario, and it's really kind of a beginner learning thing. But like in one of the scenarios, you read a book, and you have the option: you can either read the book or not read the book. And I was like, yeah, I'll read the book. And it just it reads the book, and nothing happens. And then at the end of the turn, this demon thing like spawned in front of me, and I was like, great. So I let a demon out of a book. And I was talking to one of my friends, and he's like, yeah, I, read, I was like, yeah, I read the book, and a monster came out, and he's like, oh, I read the book, and I got like extra powers. And I'm like, I hate you. I hate you. A lot. <laughs> Wow. So that's because of the app, yeah? Yeah, exactly. It's because of the app. Whatever you're doing on the game, like you're moving around the board, but then you're like telling the app, yes, I hit this token and I search her. Or yes, I did this and I did that. It's it, it's intuitive. It doesn't really slow the game down at all. It's just, what it, especially using like a touchscreen, we were on like an iPad or a Surface or something like that. So we're just like, bam, hit it. You searched it. Good. Move on. It's really simple, really intuitive. I like it a lot. I've it's heard, really cool. so it sounds like this Descent app is like the go-to injection of, of vitality to revitalize descent in the greatest way, because out of nowhere, everyone's now talking about descent. And it, the cool thing is if you already own the game, all of a sudden it's now hitting the table after years and years. So really hats off to that. Good move. Smart. Absolutely. I, I, I wanted to get descent because when the app came out, I didn't have the new version. So I just saw the first edition and I never played it. And when the app came out, I wanted to buy it. But right when the app came out, I had also gotten into Imperial Assault. So I decided not to. That's the one I really want. I want the Descent app for Imperial Assault because I don't get that game to the table nearly as often as I should. And I haven't really gotten, I haven't really dug into the campaign, but I really want to. And, and the thing that's holding me back is the first few games of it, we were like, uh, whoever was playing the dark side and setting up all the dark side stuff, it was kind of like, I don't really want to be doing this. I want to be playing as a hero. <laughs> or not having to fiddle with all this extra stuff. Cause you know, there's always that element of, you know, if the overlord misses something or screws something up, then the whole game kind of gets thrown off. Even, you know, either they beat you really easily or you beat them and it doesn't feel like you really won because they screwed something up. And there's a lot of stuff you can mess up as an overlord when the only person checking your rules is you, because if the, if your friends do, they know the twists of the campaign. So they can't really do it. They can't really help you. Right. My problem my problem with being the overlord was you have these four heroes and your job at the over, as the overlord is to stop them or to like kill them or to, you know, make sure they don't hit their goal. And when you're doing that, it almost feels like you're singling out individuals. Like my one friend was like got super upset and that's why kind of why Descent has never hit the table again because he felt like I was singling him out and it was like no you just happen to be the hero consistently close to me and consistently in my reach. And this is my job to stop you. I'm not trying to single you out. Yeah. But yeah. Cool. you go for the healer, man. Whoever's helping him out, kill the healer. That's, that's how you play the overlord. That actually brings up another issue though. Like you're playing as the guy who is intentionally trying to make the game less fun for the, the, your, your friends. Like you're, if, if you're doing your job right and you're winning, then they're not going to have a lot of fun because they're going to get stuck on the same mission. So the game is going to be designed to let them get past that mission. But at the same time, like then, then the overlord's not really having fun because they're getting beat a lot. So I, I don't know the, to me, like the concept is there, but the app really fixed all that. And I'm really hoping they do that with the Imperial Assault's the one I'm waiting for. Like, I don't know. 
I mean, I'm sure it takes a lot of effort to put those apps out, but I really, I hope it comes out. I hope there's one on the way. Like, I want to get that game to the table. And if it's done as well as they did Mansion of the Madness, I'd be really happy because that game is a lot of fun. Awesome, awesome. Have any of you guys checked out the Pathfinder Chronicles Adventure Card Game app? I haven't tried that out mm-hmm. yet. Where no. you, you know, the card game that's deck building kind of. I haven't, but I heard about that new app. It looked really slick, and the ads for it were really awesome too. Actually, I was uh, checking out their way they were advertising it. Sorry, sorry, marketing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, oh man, that what a great YouTube video. This really sold me. Yeah, the throwback '80s video that they have yeah, for it. Yeah, it was great. I loved it. So good. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not crazy. No, so good. So good. Oh, Alan. man. Alan, have you been playing anything else? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. I'm so excited. Yeah. Uh, so what's kind of cool is I got invited to a birthday party by a Tuesday knave, if you will, and now upgraded to a Tuesday night because we play tested some games and I actually went out. So I'm not sure if that's weird to cross that barrier. And I think that's why I like calling our listeners Tuesday knaves instead of fans because fan comes from the word fanatic and they're more like friends and rascals and that's what like a knave is so anyway rascals? i'm rambling yeah that's like another yeah yeah like right go ahead look up knave and knave means either like a scoundrel or a rascal or a weasel or like a snake or something like that but i, I want it to be a compliment so rascal is oh you rascals all right all right all right <laughs> anyway so uh yeah, Graydon is his name, and he invited me over to his birthday, and we played Stockpile, and he was really excited. He's like, man, if you like this enough, I hope it hits the podcast. It was awesome. Have you guys played Stockpile? Yes. No, yes. no. It's pretty much the, it's a bidding game, and it goes really quick and really smooth, and it's pretty simple. All you do is there's five different companies that have a stock share. You want to get stocks and sell them when they're high. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sell them when they're high, buy them when they're low so that they're cheaper when they're low, obviously. So it's basically this stock game. And even though that doesn't sound really compelling, you watch other people get their shares and you try to sell them off. And at the last round, that's when it's really intense because the game has an element where you can force a stock to go down or it can force a stock to go up. And there's always a hidden element to it where you don't know what other players are going to play to affect the stocks. So you have some insider information and everyone has some insider information, but you don't know everything. So anyway, the last round of the game is where you really have to sell all of your stocks and you definitely want to sell them if they're going to go down in the last round, because at the end of the game, you have to sell all of your stocks. Anyway, it's really actually relatively quick, even though it's like a 45 minute game maximum, it plays really quick because everyone's usually playing almost simultaneously. Uh, so it was pretty light, but yet had a Euro feel of bidding game, and I really enjoyed it. So I give it a thumbs up. But yeah, so I, I played Stockpile. How about you, SBJ? I know you played stuff last week and you didn't get a chance to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, I didn't I didn't play anything this week, but yeah, I played, I mentioned this in the last podcast, I played Skull, I played Cosmic Encounter, and I played, what was the last game? Oh, Tada! And yeah, I... Uh, we started the night off with Tada. I think, you know, that's a good ice-breaking game. It's a Steve Stephen Avery game, so uh, I'm sure he. he it's it's good. I, I think we talked about it on our Gen Con specials too. We did. We did. 
Uh, we moved into Skull, which takes a little more thinking, I guess, than, than ta-da. It's the purest bluffing game there is, from my understanding. It, you have, what is it, one rose and three skulls? Is that right? Three roses, one skull. Oh, I got it backwards. That's right. And you basically say a number, kind of like liar's dice, and you're saying how many of your cards you can flip over before you hit the skull. Is that correct? Am I saying that right? How many cards on the table you can flip over without hitting a skull, but you have to start with your own pile first. Ah, that's right. It's been so long since I've played it. Have you played it, Hunter? I haven't. I've heard a lot of good things about it, though. I I really want to try it out. I love games like that and cockroach poker, stuff like that. The, The cool thing about it is you only have to win around twice to win the game, and that sounds extremely simple and that sounds like oh this game is going to be over in five minutes uh and it it especially seems like that when somebody wins the first round right away uh the game is super simple you just start off by putting everyone puts a token down whether that's one of your three roses or whether that's your skull and when you get back to the the first player who started that they can either choose to put another token down or to call a number where you have six people playing and they say i think i can flip over three then the next player either has to up that or pass and if they're they pass they're out for the whole round so right off the bat somebody goes i think i can flip over three it's like well that's half the table and then somebody can say four somebody could say five somebody could say then six the whole table no one would ever do that though i mean unless you're crazy but yeah i think you know if they if they say four they first flip over theirs obviously they want to be confident they obviously don't want to lay down a skull and then they then they choose to pick the table. And if they're wrong, uh, that's the interesting part. If they're wrong, if they do reveal, reveal a skull, they lose one of their tokens randomly. Dun, dun, dun. What starts to happen is the people who do get overconfident or people who are trying to like get their wins early on, if they're getting it wrong and they're losing a token, um, there was a situation, for example, where uh, Irene's sister-in-law lost her skull right away and the reason we figured that out is because we would keep going and checking her pile first and we would notice that there was never a skull there so at one point when we got to a stack of three i was like i'm just gonna check all of all of heidi's and because she only has three cards left and i checked all three and we knew and from there i was like okay you have three roses so now from the whole game on we know that your pile is always going to be safe so yeah, it leads to situations like that. It's really good. Um, I almost prefer it over Coup, I think. And oh, I've, yeah. And I, yeah. I, I like Coup a lot, but I would say that if you like Coup, you would probably love Skull. Nice. I'll have to check that out. With it. That, that, I love Coup. Yeah, Coup is super great. Uh, the other game I played was Cosmic Encounter. Uh, or is it Encounters? I think it's just Encounter. Encounter. Uh, what I think... Easily one of my favorite games. Yeah, we've talked about it a lot. It is a great game. In fact, I think it was number one game of all time on 2014 for Shut Up and Sit Down. There again, I'm talking about them again. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think you're right. I even think that Tom Vassell considered it his number one game this yeah, year. He's, he's a really big fan of it. I think he perpetually has that one as number one, honestly. It's really good. Yeah, we've, t- we've talked about it before. I like it a lot. I think the monsters are super interesting. I love any game that kind of openly lets you talk. And I think that's kind of why the resistance always drew me in right away. And we've talked about the resistance 
to death and how it's extremely mean and or can be mean. And I don't feel like Cosmic has that, but it still has that debate uh, aspect that the Resistance has. What was interesting in in me playing Cosmic with the group I did, and I think you both can relate to this, is you always bring games based on your audience. And I think a lot of people in the hobby or a lot of people that are starting off with board games, they they quickly learn that. Or maybe they don't learn that and then they wonder why their groups have terrible time. But obviously I'm not going to bring something like uh, Twilight Imperium to a group that really only likes casual games. It just wouldn't go over well. Right, right. And I was No, a- I totally agree. It's a great yeah. gateway game. <laughs> and I I think Cosmic is a little bit heavy, especially compared to something like Tada or something like Gull or Koo or even the Resistance. I feel like the Resistance is pretty easy to teach. But Cosmic has that already intimidating factor of everyone has these little ships, everyone has these planets, these are all the decks, here's the thing in the center. Like it always it already sets up as kind of an intimidating game, but at at its core, it's pretty much a game of war. Uh, which which one of our cards is going to have a higher number on it, right? And so I yeah. taught it, I explained it. Everyone there except for two people have played it, and those were the two people I was worried about the most. Uh, those being like the most casual people at our table. Uh, it was Irene's brother and Irene's uh, sister-in-law. Ooh, so I explained it, it, I go? went through. Her sister-in-law kind of got it after one round, and I, I hate being like the okay, you don't get the rules, let's just do, let's just play, you'll figure it out, because that never <laughs> works. I mean, it kind of does, but you're still going to have somebody going like, I don't get it, and that person's going to bring down the party, but, or the group. Uh, so we went through, and we're, we're kind of doing it, and Irene's brother was like, I just, he's like, I don't get what's going on. And I was like, okay, like, and I guess this is the part I struggle with, because I'm, I'm like, okay, do you, do you understand what your monster does? And he was like, yeah, I guess so. And I was like, okay, well, let's back up a second. Your monster can either change a card to do this or it can change the card to do that. And you don't have to use it at all. He's like, okay. And so then we break down. We're like, all right, I'm, I, I, I have to battle you. This was an actual situation. Like, I'm, I'm white. You're yellow. I have to battle you. He's like, okay, what do we do? I was like, all right, so we're going to pick a card. We're going to ask for allies. All right. Seems asking for allies, I think, easy enough, right? You want to be on my team or you want to be on his team? <laughs> uh, all right, we're here. Now we need to, now we need to pick a card. Card's going to be whoever plays the highest card wins. But we are going to add in the little ships here. So those are just extra. So, you know, think of your card. You got five ships here. I got five ships here. So really, the ships don't matter. And you can use your power or you don't want to use your power. He's like, all right, I don't understand my power. Okay, we already talked about your power. Let's talk about it again. You can do this. <laughs> or you can do this. Or you cannot do anything. He's like, okay. I want to do that. I was like, okay. So we played the cards. All right, I beat you. Uh, even if you didn't use your power, I would have beat you. Even if you did your alternate power, I would have beat you. It's just the situation that unfolded. And it was, all right, I don't understand what happened, but let's just keep going. Oh my God. The How whole- do you not understand a higher number? I don't... Hey, it's a good thing he probably doesn't listen to this podcast, (laughs) and I don't want to say disparaging things about his intelligence, but at some point, I have to believe he was sandbagging that rather than saying, I don't get what's going on, what he was really saying was, I don't like this. 
I want to do something else, and I want everyone else to be miserable as well. You know, you you could be right, because I will say the hidden factor here is there was a football game on the background that he was watching. Oh. Now, I will say that during Tada and during Skull, that football game was also on, and he was pretty invested in Tada. A little bit invested in Skull. I think once he lost his Skull, once he lost that card, and he realized that he really couldn't win, he was definitely out, and I totally understand that. There's a point in Skull where you're just like, I screwed myself. And Skull has that capability of being like, alright, I messed up because I was being too pushy. In Cosmic, I felt like it, it, he had that kind of like, this game seems too complicated, so already I don't feel like I'm invested to like me kind of breaking down like, alright man, I don't, I don't get how I can explain this any simpler. Because at its core, Cosmic is a pretty easy game. Yeah, I even called it a gateway game. It's way easier than Monopoly. It's tons <laughs> easier than Payday. So uh, I'm sorry, bro, if you don't get Cosmic Encounter. But I think he was sandbagging. And you know my feelings about sandbaggers. They're the worst. They're the worst. Just be honest and say, like, you guys... To be totally honest, I don't want to do this right now. Yeah. Yeah. I. It's funny you brought up Cosmic Encounter. I was actually thinking about that game recently and actually brought up at a game store. Uh, are either of y'all interested in the new Game of Thrones one that's coming out? The one that you know what? It's, it's controversial, but yes, I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan. I love Cosmic Encounter, and even though it's probably just a reskinning, even if there's just slight mechanic differences, I'm at the very least curious. I don't know if I'll buy it or not, but I'm totally down to play it. I feel like I've I've invested too much in Cosmic. Like I've I pretty much have sleeved everything in Cosmic. This is how much I like Cosmic. I have every expansion except for the very very newest one they released. I've sleeved everything, every single card I've sleeved. Um, and so to buy, like I rarely get Cosmic to the table as it is, and that's one of my favorite games. So to buy. A similar game with a theme that might be more approachable to my friends because I feel like everyone watches Game of Thrones or everyone has at least some experience with Game of Thrones. I don't know. I just don't want to buy another $45 game that is already similar to another $45 game that I have on my shelf. SPJ, SPJ, have you rounded the corners of your cards? Because that's what I've done with mine. I haven't sleeved them, though. But yeah, the big alien character cards... They got pointy ends on yeah, their yeah. cards. Snip those things so they're nice and rounded now. <laughs> hmm. Anyway, I sorry. haven't, but that sounds like something I would waste hours on doing. I even, I even took super, no joke, I took, uh, I, I think it was super glue, and I applied it to all the cardboard, like the outside rim oh, of wow. all the cardboard to like lock it in, because you know how wow. cardboard can fray. Like that's how much I liked Cosmic when I, like the, the, I played it three nights in a row the, the week I got it, and it was an instant. Like, people asked for me to bring back Cosmic the next night because they liked it so much. And, and so, like, I did the whole, like, glue. I did the whole sleeving. Did everything. Well, like, that weekend is when I bought most of those expansion packs. And it really then, after that, those, that's when that's, I've, I've told this story a million times. But I, have, I had two couple gaming groups that both really liked it, and then they both moved away. One moved to Minnesota, one moved to Texas. And we just didn't have enough people to play cosmic anymore and and uh selfish selfish of them to move yeah I but know. were you gonna say hunter you you were asking game of thrones you interested oh no yeah yeah i was interested in that, that and that actually got me to a the 
game store owner I was talking to uh, as a friend of mine, and he 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 made a really funny comment because I don't he didn't actually remember that I worked for game, uh, for Steve Jackson. He he called uh, I didn't know what he was referring to at first. I didn't know he was talking about Cosmic, but he's like, oh yeah, I was watching one of those top hundred games of all time lists. Or no, that he, it was actually about shut up and sit down. I can't believe we're talking about them again. He was talking about their top list, and and he said that. I, I, because I mentioned that I played Captain Sonar with them. God, what is going on here? And uh, he said that he didn't. He liked them, except he didn't agree with their opinion on their number one game of all time. He didn't like that they put Space Munchkin at the top of the list. And what? Like, Space Munchkin. He's like, he's like, that's Cosmic Encounter. <laughs> 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 I was like, what? He's like. He just he couldn't stand that game. Like he he's me and him have pretty similar tastes, but with Cosmic Encounter, it was completely opposite. And I he thought was, was insulting yeah. it by calling it Space Munchkin. Yeah. That was oh. I can kind of I can kind of see it though, right? Because if somebody's gonna win, you kind of like gang up you on that. Exactly. And when he said it though, like as soon as he said it, I was like, oh my god, you're right. It's it's and like I love Cosmic Encounter. Like I absolutely love that game. And like while I see what like obviously I I see tons of fans of Munchkin on a daily basis. I talk to them. I I demo the game all the time. Like I appreciate what the game brings to the hobby. I personally, in my own life, I don't play Munchkin really. Like it's not a game that really that like I've kind of outgrown that kind of a game personally. But for some reason. Cosmic Encounter brings me back, but it seems to be pretty divisive. Those guys that don't like it really don't like it. Like they seem, they see this just random. They just, it's completely random to them. People are like, or like people just gang up on the leader. It's just, and it's kind of weird because I don't hear that opinion that often. It was just kind of that one, like calling it Space Munchkin. Like I was like, oh, that makes that actually kind of makes sense. Just a really well designed wow. Space Munchkin. Huh. Hmm. Wow. I can see that. Yeah, I can, SBJ, my eyes talk? are open. Yeah, yeah. I've I've heard I've met people that are just kind of lukewarm on it, but I don't I don't think I've known anyone who just hates hates. Uh, what the hell game are we talking about? Cosmic Encounter. <laughs> that was weird. I I was trying to lead segue into us talking even more about uh, shut up and sit down, but that's your call, SBJ. No, totally. Yeah, let's wrap the show here because we're almost an hour, and I think we. This is probably more actual board game talk we've done in the last couple of weeks because it's been it's been nothing but interviews. But uh, no, yeah. I, I, why don't you why don't you wrap it up here with uh, your shut up and sit down stuff? All right, so uh, I just want to do a quick shout out, as shameless as it may seem, to Matt Lee's. He's getting married uh, this weekend, so by the time this is released on Tuesday, he will have already been married to his bride to be Emma. And they were originally planning on getting married next year, but they fast forward it because she's had a battle with cancer that she thought she won years ago. And he's actually shared that story through his videos and cool ghosts in their podcasts. And he really talks about it in a character defining way. And unfortunately, it came back in an even more aggressive way. Now, apparently, it's immune to chemo because previously she had the chemo, was sick, lost all her hair, but now it's deemed as terminal cancer. Except there is one treatment that has shown actually pretty high success rates, but her insurance in England doesn't cover it. So basically, they said, well, let's get married this weekend and we'll have a GoFundMe 
campaign. And instead of asking our guests for any gifts, we'll just say, hey, could you just please donate to the GoFundMe account so they can afford the treatment? And the treatment, super expensive. This is in pounds. And keep in mind, I think at the time they're recording this, because the pound is kind of always devaluing because of Brexit. Not sure if you guys realize that, but I think right now it's like 1.5 to the dollar. So uh, one pound is actually the equivalent of $1.50. So this is in pounds. It costs about 114,000 pounds per year for the treatment. And the treatment's supposed to last three or four years. So if that's a four-year treatment. That's 456,000 pounds. So that equates to about 75, I mean, that's a, like three quarters of a million dollars. That's insane. So they need a lot of money, and this is basically her last chance. So anyway, I just wanted to give a shout out, and I would recommend people check it out. It's on our Facebook, Twitter, whatever, links to the GoFundMe. They've already met their goal, and they're so modest. In fact, I think Matt Lees would be upset with me that I'm even mentioning this because he did not want to advertise this. It was just to the guests of their wedding. But of course, the guests of their wedding shared the link on social media. And it was just yesterday, even though the GoFundMe account has been up for a while now, he said, well, it's already out. I wasn't really planning on sharing this, but here you go. This is the link. It's to save Emma's life so we can have a life together. So uh, I consider Matt a personal friend and shut up and sit down. We've already mentioned a lot in the show. So that's why I want to pimp it out because, yeah, I, I care. Basically, it's Within my Dunbar number, if you guys know what that means, you guys know the Dunbar number? Have you heard of that, or is that a total? I don't. Lane? So the Dunbar number is simply 150, and it's actually researched that it's almost impossible for a single person to care more than 150 people. And they've done this amazing anthropological study where they looked at the proportion of primate brains and the amount of basically monkeys and apes in their community, whatever. I think it's actually called clans. I don't know what you call a whole bunch of monkeys together. But anyway, and they found out, wow, it's there's an algorithm, an actual equation that can show you almost to the exact number how many monkeys will be in the monkey circle of friends. And applying that same equation to humans equals 150. So Dunbar took this research and applied it to humans and ask people to just write down all the people with whom they've had in contact and the people they care about. And the average person, when pressed for it, can only come up with about 150 people in a single sitting. And then there's actually ranks for it, which gets really kind of scary. Like, apparently, we can only have five people within the deep layers of our onion that we actually care for and cherish no matter what. And then we have our close friends, and that's like 10 to 15 people. And then the rest of them, that's what, 130 are just our acquaintances. So anyway, uh, so he's within my monkey circle and, and my Dunbar <laughs> number, if you will. I'm not sure. Was that interesting? Was that worth talking no, about? That's, was that interesting? You know, no, yeah. Totally interesting. It's funny that you, you, you say that because I used to use an app called Path. And it was kind of like a competitor to Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Just, you know, your, your standard iOS, Android, social network. And they had, the, the thing was, it was automatically private unless somebody was your friend. So it was like the opposite of Facebook where you're like, you have to like turn on privacy and everything. Uh, they only had a limit of 50. And obviously people hit those limits right away. 
And so they increased it to 150. And they gave a reason why, and I didn't really look into it until people started complaining that 150 was too small. And they said, look, we, this is why we did 150. And I couldn't remember it at the time, but now that you're saying the story, this makes sense. But they pretty much said like, there's no way that you as a person could actually have more than 150 people you know on a personal level without them yeah. just being like, oh, I've heard that name before, right? Yeah, so the the obvious complaint is I know more than 150 people. Yeah, you know more than 150 people, but how many people do you care about? And the crazy thing is you may say, well, I just made three new friends today. But what you don't realize is when those three people came in, the theory is you kick three people out and replace them. So now you're not going to be able to really think and consider about these three other people. The Dunbar number. <laughs> I don't know if it's as sinister as you're making it sound, but okay. <laughs> I like, though, that you did make it sound sinister. I think it's very human. And, uh, you know, SBJ, I don't want to bring it up, but we had this conversation outside of the podcast about this. And... I, I totally said, well, I, I, your point of view made sense because of the Dunbar number, and I respected your honesty. So it was it was cool. No, it was a, it was a good conversation. I think this has been a great episode. I'm so glad that you were able to take some time and joined us, Hunter. Absolutely, anytime. It was a lot of fun. I don't get to do this nearly enough. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Where can our listeners find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. It's uh, WG Tabletop on Twitter. On Facebook, it's a Weapons Grade Channel. Uh, unless I change that, my YouTube channel is Weapons Grade Channel. Uh, and you can find our Extra Life. Uh, that'll be extralife.com slash WG Tabletop, I believe. And uh, we'll be doing that on Twitch, which is also WG Tabletop. Surprise, surprise. That'll be <laughs> November 5th. And I'll have some lead up, uh, another lead up stream leading up to that as well. So I'm around. And you can also follow me. Uh, I actually do a lot of social stuff on at SJ Games because that's where we're at at my job and if you're interested in cool stuff there we have lots of new games coming out and i'm get i get to spoil lots of stuff for people so uh if you're interested in like tabletops and miniatures and stuff like that we even have some of those types of games coming out so i'm excited you already pimped out car wars coming out another edition Woohoo! yes i'm i i can't tell you how excited i am about that like that uh, you know, you as a marketing person, I have to be like, yeah, I love every game we put out. But Car Wars, it's the game that I sit at my desk and I think about and I talk about. And everyone, I played a play test yesterday with the rest of my marketing department. And uh, they, we were all just like, immediately after, like, let's play it again. We want to play it. I want to come, like, make, my, make a new car. I want to figure out a new strategy. It's just a ton of fun. Hence why you go into the office instead <laughs> of working at home. Yep. There it is. There it is. Alan, where can our listeners find you? Same place as always. I can be found on Facebook and the tweets. I'm Alan Gerding, A-L-A-N-G-E-R, ding. So on Twitter, obviously, you put at before that, yep. at Alan Gerding. Yeah, that's how it works. I'm also playing Overwatch still. Uh, we do multiplayer Monday, so I'm Alan hashtag one seven, no, one one seven seven five. I think that's right. Damn it. <laughs> All right, but yeah, check me out. I've been playing with people. It's cool. I've been playing with Tuesday Knaves. It's awesome. really cool. Yeah, it's fun. How about you, SPJ? Uh, I am at Dragging a Lake on Twitter. You can also follow the podcast or just Tuesday Night Games in general on Twitter. It's at PlayTKG. Uh, and if you have any emails, questions, comments, or concerns, uh, you can email those over to podcast at TuesdayNightGames.com. Elder the K!
Which reminds me, I haven't logged into that account in a while uh, because Sean moved it to a different server, so I have to re-log back in. But well, we should do an email episode coming up soon, especially, uh, I'm sure, the inbox. Yeah, has... we said we do it every one that ends in five, and that's next episode, so we should do an I email one. I think we said that, but... <laughs> oh, I said it. Let's be honest here. So it's just something we try to shoot. Yeah, let's try, to, let's try to shoot for that next week. Is Sean going to be back next week? Is that the week he, he returns? Yeah, yeah. Okay. he's totally coming back from the dead. Got it. Cool. And uh, yeah, so uh, there we are. Otherwise, this episode is... <laughs> this is always the most awkward part. Hunter, say finished in your caveman voice for us. Finished! Finished!